Hello and welcome back to the Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we are going to be covering all of the events from March 5th to March 7th of 2021. I had to remind myself what day it was because definitely not used to recording on Sundays anymore. Um, So welcome to the first week of the new schedule. We'll see how I like it throughout the month of March. If it goes well, awesome. If it doesn't, we'll go back to Tuesday through Saturday next next month. Um, I'm just trying a couple of different things to see what works the best over the next few months. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the first Monday episode in a while. I am happy to be recording on a Sunday. I don't know if I am or not. We'll see. Um, like I said, it's a it's an adjustment. But I wanted to. Um, quickly say, so I'm recording this Sunday the 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Nothing has happened yet. So we're just going to record this like it's normal. And then I'm going to curse in just a second. And then shit will hit the fan. Um, and I'm not going to be here for it. (laughs) So if anything is super intense, we'll talk about it tomorrow, but I'm really hoping it's not. We'll just see. Um, Again, I don't comment on anything that the royal household doesn't comment on. Um, And I try not to talk about people who aren't working royals anymore. Um, But I will say I think I'm just about as anxious as everyone in the royal watching world for tonight's events. So um, without further ado, we are going to jump in to this Calm Before the Storm podcast um, and talk about the Belgian royal family. On Friday in Belgium, there was only one event, um, so, sorry, I'm looking at my script and I think my keyboard on my iPad is changed to Spanish and so everything was spelled wrong. Okay, sorry, that completely just stressed me out. I'm like, what do you mean I have this many spelling errors? Turns out. It was just on the wrong language setting because, yes, I type in Spanish occasionally. Okay. Um, Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, So Queen Mathilde took part in a virtual conversation um, with experts about the impact that COVID-19 has been having on children. Um, So this was specifically focused on bullying and cyberbullying, as that is one of Mathilde's interests in a non-COVID world. Um... And so they had this virtual conversation and um, really talked about the impacts that school from home and everything from home and like a lack of social direction has had um, on children during the pandemic. Um, So when I say this is one of Mathilde's interests in a pre-COVID world, here's what that generally would look like. So 
leading into March of 2020, um, she did hold a couple of events focused on cyberbullying. So she would go into schools and she would just kind of see what initiatives they've done to um, combat that because bullying and cyberbullying is a crisis. Um, I think I've mentioned on this podcast, I'm 27. So I came in of age in a digital world. Um, However, we primarily used MySpace and then Facebook became the thing. Um, I obviously, I don't really know of anyone who has a MySpace anymore. If you're too young to know what a MySpace was, please Google it um, because it was a fun time. But um, (laughs) then Facebook and now I have Obviously, I don't have MySpace, but now I have neither. I don't have a Facebook. The only reason I have a Facebook is um, for the podcast. It has a page. I have no friends on Facebook, and that's okay. Um, But, like, that was the thing. And I was a victim of cyberbullying before it had a name. Um, I mean, so many people were because we were jerks. Um where I went to school and like, if you didn't live up to a certain expectation, you were not worth it. Um, but now, I mean, a lot is being done, I think for the most part to combat that, not completely, it's not perfect by any stretch, but like, I think it's gotten better. I don't know. I'm not a child anymore. And, um, I don't really know what teenagers do anymore. Um, but I would assume that it's gotten at least a little bit better for the most part because there can be serious consequences. Um, but this was a pre March, 2020 world. Um, so I know I talked about it a lot in the very beginning of this podcast, um, like of the podcast creation, but then of course COVID happens. Um, and that monopolizes every single Royal family's time and that's okay. Um, but it's, it's really nice to see Matilda bringing this back in. And I think she's done a few other, um, virtual things like this on the same subject. Um, but to bring it in and bring it in a way that is COVID friendly, um, I think it's just really, really important. So props to her for that. And I think that is it. Yeah, that is it for Belgium. So now we are going to move on to the British Royal family. Friday, there were a couple of different things happening. Um, Actually, I guess just one. Um, So the big thing on Friday for the British royal family is um, a video was released between the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and a family um, whose son, their 12-year-old son, um, was they were impacted by the shout crisis text line. Um, So I'm going to do like a trigger warning here. Um, We're about to talk about childhood suicide and suicidal ideation um, and the um, need to reach out for help. Okay. Um, So 
they they change the name of the the boy um but the way that shout is describing him is by calling him jack um so jack was 12 is 12 um is let me give you the spoiler alert jack is still alive um so he is 12 and was experiencing extreme amounts of anxiety because and during the pandemic um, they didn't elaborate on a lot of why, um, but I can assume it's kind of all the things we've talked about in the past on here, right? Like isolation, schooling from home, no set routine, never knowing what's happening the next day. We all have a lot of anxiety around COVID and like, this is no exception. Um, and children are not immune to it. Children are highly affected by COVID and the measures to protect them um are hurting them all at the same time like it is helping it is protecting their physical health but it is not helping their mental health whatsoever um and so jack decided that it was all a bit too much and decided that he was going to take his own life And Jack went up to a very high bridge and then decided to text Shout, which is the crisis text line in the UK. And he sought the help that he needed. He was able to talk with a volunteer who was able to stay calm and encourage him to call the... Um, local authority, which I assume is the police, um, is my assumption, but I don't, I don't know UK, um, if they have like a specific, um, line that you call for these kinds of things or anything like that. Um, and so Jack did, and then the police called his family to let him know that he was okay. And the family knew nothing about it. Um, and so People suffer in silence because it's overwhelming and people don't always know how to verbalize what is happening in their head. And so Jack and his family are the prime example, are a example of this. I don't want to say they're the prime example, but they are an example of this. People who live in the same house are isolated together, are in lockdown together, and they don't know because Jack doesn't know how to talk about it and the family doesn't know what to look for. But because of Shout, Jack is still here. And I, want to just say how amazing um, it is that this family has chosen to open up um, in this way. So, their voices were changed in the video that's up um, and that they changed their name uh, for their of the child and that's okay um, but still to open up about this in such a public way with a conversation with two of the um, arguably most <laughs> watched uh, people in British society um, is obviously a huge deal 
And so I want to give them the accolade that they deserve for sharing their story, um, as well as to shout um, for bringing that out. And so um, the reason that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were involved is shout is something that the Royal Foundation of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge um, kind of, it was born out of that. Um, and it's a partner with, uh, there's a crisis text line here in the U.S. Um, so it's a partnership with them. Um, and so that people are able to seek help. Um, so again, just accolades to everyone involved for saving this child's life. And I'm sure all the other people that um, they have helped and impacted in this in a similar way. Um, okay. So that was Friday. Yesterday, all was quiet. Um, and then today, you guys, we have to make a, a big emotional jump here. Are you ready? So today is the celebration of the Commonwealth of Nations. Um, so tomorrow, the, it's the second Monday of March um, every year, is Commonwealth Day. And this is a day where the Commonwealth of Nations, which I think is 53 countries, I wrote them all down on the website. You can definitely go check it out there. I'm not going to read them all off, um, but it includes countries like Botswana, the UK, obviously, um, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, uh, South Africa. It includes a ton of countries, but um, they are all part of the Commonwealth of Nations where I believe in all of them, the Queen serves as the head of state, um, but does no official governing because that's not what Queens do anymore or what monarchs do anymore. Um, but I think, and that might be wrong, but at least in like Australia, Canada, New Zealand, um, she is the head of state. She's on their money. Um, and so she is the head of the Commonwealth. And so every year on the second Monday of March, uh, there's typically a service of a Thanksgiving service for the Commonwealth, um, as well as a message from Queen Elizabeth. Something can't be held in person uh, in Westminster Abbey where it's typically held. And so this year, the BBC, in partnership with Westminster Abbey and the Royal Commonwealth Society or Commonwealth Society, I don't quite remember which one it is, put together an event that I believe was mostly pre-recorded and then edited together, um, highlighting the importance of the Commonwealth, especially during a pandemic. Um, and really just like a great community building thing. Um, so it aired today at 5 p.m. UK time, uh, which was noon for me, which I greatly appreciated. Um, and it started off with the Queen's Commonwealth message. Um, so there was like an introduction and then it went into the Queen's message, which was really focused on the togetherness that um, the Commonwealth has. So, um, she started by saying, over the coming week, as we celebrate the friendship, spirit of unity, and achievements of the Commonwealth, we have opportunity to reflect on a time like no other. Because, man, this pandemic has been challenging. Um, they talked about, uh, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth talked about um, frontline workers, um, 
just she she really talked about like how each country has experienced this differently but also kind of the same um and then at the end she talks again about um coming together in community and relationships with others across the commonwealth and then she ended by saying um she hopes that the uh, nations will become healthier and happier places for all, which I just, over the past year, because it's safe to just say a year now, um, it has been a highlight for me every time Queen Elizabeth speaks about this process and coming together in this pandemic. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was I, I was coming at it from a lack of leadership in my country and now we have some leadership and we have someone coming together and like mourning the losses and doing that. Um, and now it's just like comforting because it's the queen, like truly. Um, it brings comfort just to see her and hear her talk and um, because it's so rare right now. So I definitely... Um, I always get a little misty-eyed when she just, you know, starts talking. Um, now that it's getting more normal, it's like, okay. But definitely over the past year, that's been a big deal. Um, so then other members of the family also took part in this service. Um, the Prince of Wales gave an address um, where he talked about climate change and the effects um, that the climate has gone through due to the pandemic and the way the Commonwealth can come together to heal um and then the duchess of cornwall took part in a like interview moderation type thing about um literacy during this time and reading um so she talked about um camilla's reading room or her book club um and then she also talked about the queen's commonwealth essay competition um so you'll notice that kind of at least with charles and camilla and somewhat with will and kate um, their conversations really focused on like the things that they're really passionate about. Um, so Charles with climate, Camilla with reading, and then the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge spoke with healthcare workers in, um, different parts of the Commonwealth and talked about, um, how each of them has been experiencing this because each Commonwealth country is kind of having a different experience in COVID, in COVID world. Um, so they talked a lot about that. Um, and I just, I thought it was really good. So I watched last year, the Commonwealth service and it was okay. Um, you know, kind of like today it was overshadowed by something bigger. Um, and so that was, it was hard to separate those two then. Now it's like, this is an event. And then the other thing happening in, for me, 40 minutes is an event, um, and so it's easier to separate them, but that's also why I'm recording this before I watch. If I watch, I haven't even decided yet, if I watch this interview. Um, I want to record this as a separate thing and just like not have it tainted by anything else. So it was a really cool thing. It brought together, um, like there was music performances from all across the, the Commonwealth. Um, New Zealand did a haka. So a haka is like... I don't want to be insensitive to New Zealand culture, but I don't understand New Zealand culture um, very well. But a haka is um, 
something that the natives did, um, the native New Zealanders did to um, prepare for battle. And they're beautiful and creepy and so indicative of a community. Um, and then they went into like the New, Z New Zealand youth choir, went in and sang a song and it was just like beautiful. Um, I think they sang like a Bob Marley song. Um, it was just like, it was just really good. And I really enjoyed this, um, in comparison to last year's format, but also like I think I enjoyed this because they found a way to make it beautiful, even though it was a really stressful um, time and a really hard thing to prepare for because of the pandemic. So props to them. Um, that's what was going on in the UK. It was a lot. Um, I am going to go ahead and pull up the court circular for today, though, as well, just to um, make sure that we've got everything. Um, sorry, I had this earlier. What happened? Okay, there we go. I had it, and then it went away. It's a constant learning experience doing this. Okay, it looks like it either hasn't updated yet, or there isn't anything on, on for the court circular today. Um, which isn't surprising. If there is, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But there was nothing on there for today that I can see. So with that, we are going to go ahead now and move on to the Dutch royal family. Netherlands on Friday, King Willem Alexander took part in a physical, in a in-person working visit uh, for, to the Inspector General for the Armed Forces. Um, so this is obviously the um, person in charge of like HR for um, the Dutch military, um, and they had a conversation as well as a couple of other people in the room. Uh, focused on defense policy, as well as the impact of COVID on defense employees, both military personnel and civilian personnel. Um, you know, in terms of kind of the, the office -y jobs, not the, um, I don't know, traditional, when you think of a military job, this is what you think of. Um, but there are tons of people who work for the military in terms of civilians and also military personnel who do things um, like you know, in the States we have, uh, they're JAG lawyers, they're, they're lawyers, but for the military, um, and accountants and like everything you need can be done from a military level or a civilian level working for the military. Um, I know where I live, we have a, um, like a 
office building dedicated to military something or other. Um, and I know a ton of civilians who work there, but I also know a couple of military personnel who work there. Um, and they work from home. Um, and so I assume it's kind of the same in the Netherlands. If you're in a position where you can work from home, you are. And, um, you know, what impact does that have on military personnel? And um, just in general, like the impact that COVID has had, because I was saying this earlier um, in a conversation, this is all of our first pandemics for the most part. There are very few people alive who have lived through another pandemic. Um, we've lived through things that are close, but never, never like this. And it affects everyone in every way of their life. Um, and so I think just like recognizing that and having those conversations about like what COVID has done to impact this person or like this role and how that works, um, is incredibly important. And so, you know, I, I like that. It's also weird for me to see people sitting at a table again. Um, it's just weird. I don't quite know what else to say other than it's weird to see people um, sitting around a table and just being what seeming to be casual. Um, I don't know when that will feel normal again. It doesn't yet. Um, and I know every country has different measures and I try not to think about like, I try not to put everyone to my American standards. Um, because I don't know every country's situation. So, but it is still weird for me. Like just as an American who is, ex I'm extremely diligent about my mask. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see that. So I, but I don't know, the whole thing was overall pretty great. Um, and then we are going to skip like a Norway segment and we're just going to kind of include it in here because there was only um, our traditional Friday events in Norway. So Crown Prince Arkun, uh, who is still serving as regent for the next week, um, his regency is supposed to be over on March 14th. We'll see how that goes. I think, I think is when it's supposed to be done. I don't know. I'll have to look, but I think it's March 14th. Um, but anyway, so Crown Prince Akun uh, held the audience with the Prime Minister. This part doesn't happen every week, but it'll happen maybe every other week or um, once a month at least before they then go to the weekly Council of State meeting. And that is every week, every Friday, without fail. There is a Council of State meeting unless there's like a vacation in Norway. So that is what was going on in Norway. Um, and now we are going to go ahead and move on to Spain.
So we are ending this episode in Spain because there was nothing going on in Sweden. So this is our last topic of the day. Um, but they were busy on Friday, King Felipe and Queen Letizia. Um, so King Felipe visited the Seat factory in Barcelona. I hate when he goes to Barcelona. I get super nervous. Um, but anyway, uh, this to visit this uh, company, it's a auto manufacturer. Seat is a, a car company in Europe. Um, they don't sell cars in the U.S. I have looked because they had some really cute cars, but they don't sell, sell them here. So if you live in Europe, Seat looks really cool, um, but I don't really know. Um, they looked rather affordable, but again, I'm an American where like our cars are super expensive. Um, and like Seat had a car for like 12,000 euros, which seems super reasonable to me. Um, I don't know. It just seemed pretty cool. Um, but the, so Seat is celebrating their 70th anniversary. Um, and so Felipe and the president of the, uh, government of Spain, uh, technically he's the prime minister, I think is what it translates to, um, but he's the head of the government and a couple of other officials went to Barcelona. They toured the factory and then they took part in like a little sit down, uh, commemoration where, um, Felipe gave a speech and it was good. It looked really, really fun. Um, I'm not going to lie. It looked pretty cool. Um, and also really normal. Like I, I love Spain for giving me this sense of normalcy, even though like everyone's wearing masks. Um, touring a car factory is super normal uh, for royals. Like Felipe has done it several times and it just, I don't know. I just enjoy the fact that it feels normal, but adapted. Um, and people will have problems with that. And the Spanish people, like no one can really decide what the right thing to do is in Spain, but like, for me as an American watching these royals every day, it's nice to have a country, uh, a royal family of a country do things that seem normal. Um, just because one, it gives me a lot to talk about and two, like, it's not the same conversation over and over again. I know there was one day where Belgium, Belgian royals went to a hospital, Dutch royals went to a hospital, Spanish royals went to a hospital, Swedish royals went to a hospital. Like it was it was the same conversation over and over again. Um, and so I appreciate that Spain gives us a little bit of variety. Um, but also I hate when Felipe goes to Barcelona. Um, so for those who don't know, Barcelona is in Catalonia. Catalonia really hates being part of Spain, uh, just in general. And that's a complicated issue that maybe someday we'll talk about if we have to, but like, hopefully we never do in all honesty. Um, I know I've talked about it on here in the past, just kind of briefly, but Catalonia has a huge problem with being part of Spain just in general, and then an even bigger problem with the royal family, all stemming from the fact that they don't want to be part of Spain, um, which to each their own, like, that's what I'm going to say on it. Um, but lately in Barcelona, there has been riots, um, for several reasons, um, that have had to do with a person, a rap, a 
Spanish rap artist being arrested for threats and deciding that uh, Spanish terrorist groups should be uh, kind of back and active and they should, um, I don't know, it just wasn't pretty. And there was something against the former king of Spain, former King Juan Carlos. It was just not pretty. Um, he's arrested and now he's in jail and the Barcelonan people were very angry. Um, but then they are also angry about the pandemic and the lack of jobs in Spain for young people. It's just, anyway, this all boils down to there have been riots in Barcelona for like the past two weeks. Um, and so we're going to send our king to Barcelona, who they hate. Um, it just made me nervous, but it looks like they traveled very safely in like some coach buses, like small coach buses. Um, to make sure that everyone on, in the traveling party were safe, which like props to them. Um, okay. So that was Felipe's event. And then we get to Queen Letizia who took part in the annual world rare diseases day event. Um, and this, she did in part with the Spanish Federation, um, of rare diseases to which she doesn't hold like an honorary position or anything like this, I've, I've determined. Um, but she is very involved in the organization. So she took this on um, in like 2008. So Letizia got married in 2004. She became part of the Spanish royal family in 04. And then had Leonor in 05 and didn't really take on a public agenda until... 07, but then she was pregnant with Sophia. Um, so really 08 is when like she was full-fledged working royal, um, solo events and all. Um, before that, she was pretty much accompanying Felipe on everything, which was great, but like she didn't have her own thing. Um, and so in 08, Feder, uh, which is the Spanish Federation of Rare Diseases, um, became like her thing. And she started going to these conferences. She oversaw, I think, the changing of, like, the president of Fetter, um, the modernization of Fetter. So, like, these, these World Rare Diseases Day events used to be held in, like, a Congress situation um, where, like, there were people sitting kind of in, like, a top row and then guests. Um, and now it's a more modern, fun event. It's not fun. That's the wrong adjective. But it's it's definitely more modern. It's more youthful. Um, and, like, it's just, it's pretty cool. So I, I went back, um, a Spanish, I guess they're a tabloid, but, like, they have really good articles on the Spanish royal family. They're the ones that I found to be the most factual, um, of the tabloidy articles um they were doing a look back so i kind of went back and watched some of the videos of pressed um world rare disease day events and um they're you know now they're they're definitely like i said more youthful modern etc um and so the process is there's typically like a couple of speakers a moderated discussion about rare diseases, um, there's awards given out every year, and then um, the president of Fetter will speak, and then Queen Letizia will 
end the, the event, essentially, with her speech. So all of that kind of played out the same. Again, props to Spain for, like, giving us a sense of normalcy. I appreciate it every time. Um, and then Queen Letizia got up, gave her speech. She, I love this about her, and I think I mentioned this in last year's, too, on the same event. Um, she gives her speeches, for the most part, if they're shorter, um, which most of her speeches are, but, like, some aren't. Um, but if they're really short, she'll read them off of her phone, and I love her so much for it. Um, mostly because, like, of course she does. Um, but, like, I don't know, I just appreciate that. Like, it's, it's great. Um, so that happened, but then it was really weird, um, because I think the event last year was held on, like, February 29th or March 1st, um, because last year... There was a February 29th, and um, that is kind of World Rare Disease Day in normal world in um, on a leap year because the February 29th is a rare day. Um, but I can't remember exactly. But it was so weird because it was like right before the pandemic was big. Um, you know, it was big in Asia, but at this point it hadn't really become huge in Spain yet, um, at least to my knowledge. And it, it really hadn't because I was pretty much watching Spain constantly. Um, so it really hadn't yet, but like, it was definitely on the horizon and, it, but it was weird because it was just so normal. And so Letizia, you know, talked about that, um, in her speech, she was like a year ago. And I think I, can't remember. I watched the event, not live because that was really early, but like right after it had happened. And that's been a few days now. Um, but I think she even like did a little <sighs> sigh type of thing, like a year ago. Wow. Um, and then she said at the end, like, I hope when I'm here next year, things will be a little more normal. Um, but so that's what the speech was kind of like focused on about how much has changed in a year, but also how much has stayed the same in terms of what people who have these rare diseases need um, and how the pandemic has affected that. So it was short and sweet and on her phone. And I loved that about her. Um, and I think, you know, it was just, again, like I love Spain for giving us a normalcy. Um, their calendar this week is so normal, it makes me kind of want to cry a little bit because it's just so normal. Um, we don't have a lot of normal and Spain for me is like the one thing that since they really have been able to go back out and be amongst the people last summer, like they've stayed pretty consistently normal. Um, yeah, people have gone into quarantine here and there, but like, I don't know. I just appreciate it so much. Um, and yeah, so that is what was going on in Spain. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Oh boy. Okay. I have like a list of things at, for the very end. Um, so I mentioned on here, the website, thedailyroyal.com has a couple of different things for Commonwealth Day. That'll be up. Um, also, um, tomorrow, today, when you're listening to this is International Women's Day. So the Instagram, um, I'm trying my hand at creating an Instagram reel. Um, so that'll be up on the daily Royal on Instagram. Uh, please go like it. I think you can give reels likes. Um, 
I don't know how often I'll be doing them, but like this one is really fun to be making. It's done. I just have to post it at midnight. Um, but like, I don't know. There's just lots happening. Um, so the daily Royal, Dot com, the Daily Royal on Instagram. Please like and review this podcast as it really helps it out a lot. Um, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. But until then, have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.